Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hi there, folks, ladies, gentlemen, and people. My name is Anthony Taylor. Thanks for tuning in on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My guest today, David Lukacs, who is the CEO of Liquid Avatar Technologies. David, what's happening today? Oh, a whole lot, Anthony. Thanks for having me here. Excellent. I'm so excited to chat. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what keeps you busy and what are some of the exciting things your company is working on? Well, Anthony, we're we're focused in the area of digital identity. And, and if you would have asked me about that four years ago, I don't think anybody would have known a whole lot about that. But with the emergence, unfortunately, of COVID credentials and new restrictions in flying or traveling and um, Web 3.0, digital identity, uh, and I will add, along with privacy policies from around the world and regulation, digital identity has become a very hot topic. And our company focuses at its core in developing digital identity technologies for issuers like governments, financial institutions and other parties, verifiers, locations and venues that want to receive that. And also for consumers, we support a consumer to business to business platform. Awesome. And why? I mean, it sounds like in in that world and, you know, the whole crypto, Web3, all of that stuff, there's some people who are very early stage technology and they say, hey, they're in it and they love it. There's some laggards like myself who are just like, okay, well, I'll use it when I need to use it. Why would, you know, senior managers, senior leaders need to start considering or thinking about not just this technology, but these technologies as it relates to their work? Well, it depends on the sector they're in. If they're in government, governments are issuing new types of digital credentials, whether it's mobile driver's licenses, there are talks about uh, passports that will be digital, uh, different types of uh, healthcare records. And uh, so from a government standpoint, from a brand standpoint or retail standpoint, you want to minimize your losses on credit card transactions or fraudulent transactions and digital credentials can help you there. If you're looking at data collection or data management, that's an upside down industry now. It used to be that that at the hub of a transaction for data would be a corporation, now it's consumers. So each industry has its own needs, wants, and desires. One more I'll add is education. You need to make sure that those that are receiving accreditation for an educational course or exam are who they say they are. So there's lots of different reasons to use digital identity. Yeah. And I I find it interesting, you know, again, regardless of the industry, I think security, authenticity and trust are going to be things that continue. And I was watching a TikTok earlier today of somebody that fraudulently stamped a first edition on a Pokemon card and then the official verifier like wasn't able to spot the falsity. And so I see all of the uh, stuff in your background there, uh, the Star Wars, Spider-Man, et cetera. So I figured that would be applicable, but it's just so interesting how in this world of digital technology, and even like we're having a voice Skype chat, 
Zoom chat, I assume you're the person you are, but there's probably a realm of possibility that like it could be like a deep fake that you're talking to. I'm sure that's not the case, but I imagine as you get more and more involved in the future of tech, then that will become more and more rampant. Thoughts on that? I I, I could agree with you more. There's there's got to be ways for we for us to be able to prove who we are. And again, one of the big areas for us now is age uh, verification for restricted products and services. So lots of opportunities. Mm. So let's let shifting gears a little bit. Like we talked, started talking about how, where you see the future, looking at the past, you've been involved in obviously a couple of different companies in your career. What was your perspective on adopting strategy and technological change? Like how did you approach kind of long-term thinking in your past work? And then, you know, how did that inform working on the company that you're working with right now? Well, I have a tendency to develop technology that is that is probably long-term in nature, near-term opportunities. And I think, I think it's Amara's law where we have a tendency to overestimate current opportunities and underestimate future opportunities. And so we've always looked at where the future will be. And, and what's been interesting in all of our previous businesses is that um, I think they've all tied together to bring us here. We were early adopters in e-commerce and technology that allowed Canadians to use credit cards online. We developed um, multilingual natural processing language in one of our companies. We've done a lot of unique programs, but I think what's happened is they've all brought us to this point where we see a long-term strategy and long-term opportunities for digital identity. We're looking at a project now that has a 10 to 35 year life cycle. And uh, because it's a global opportunity, not every regional location will adopt immediately. You've got to look at where the adoption cycles will be. So when we look at a project, we need to see from a near-term revenue perspective where or near-term opportunity there will be, and then look at the long-term implications and the strategies that are involved to take them to market and, and allow them to proliferate. Do you have a, a repeatable framework that you use to do that? And, and how do you inspire that thinking within your team? Because obviously it's not just you making decisions. So do you look at that from a culture fit or do you have a, like a framework or process that you instill for that opportunity identification and selection? I think most of it's a culture fit. I think when you're looking at new technology and, and technology that that has really not been thought of or thought out yet, you do use a framework which will allow you to assess opportunities and assess um, long-term uh, vision, but I really think it's culture-based. You've got to get a collective of, of, of minds around the table that are all, you know, for the, you know, the old saying, all rowing in the same direction in the same boat. And, and you've got to be able to feed off that energy and move forward. And considering that in this company, we are completely remote, we do not have a physical office to congregate in, and we're in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Western and Central Europe, It's and now we're looking at South America. It's a challenge trying to get everyone on the same time zone, on the same page, and there is no water cooler in which to congregate around. Mm, I get that. 
Well, one of the things that was interesting, I was kind of thinking of my next question in, in my head. And then you had said, hey, you got to feed off the same energy. So I'm going to kind of try tie a couple things behind you. You've got Yoda using the force. You've got Spider-Man who needs to trust in his abilities. How do you develop that culture of what I'll call it trust, but trust in the unknown as in, well, we have foresight or we think we have foresight looking into the future. Then there has to be a lot of trust either within the leadership or within the team, that this is a real opportunity. And as you know, there's some opportunities that are real and some of them that look good, but then they disappear. How do you manage the wins? How do you manage the failures? And how do you have a conversation that still creates a safe space while having to kind of like trust in the unknown of what's coming up? Well, you know, to, to kind of, reference to the things you said one is understanding that with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> right and the second one there is no try there is only do and that one i probably got wrong so so i've been very fortunate in in, in my career that uh, several of the core members of our team today have been with me a very long time so they've seen the peaks and the valley so so and they've seen more peaks than they've seen valleys so from that standpoint, we've been very fortunate. So they they themselves become evangelists for others within our, our circle. Now, that doesn't mean always that everybody who joins stays. You know, you're going to have people join your bandwagon and you're going to have people leave your bandwagon. The, the key is it, if people leave your bandwagon for the right reason, that you can't deem that to be a negative event because they might have another opportunity or something they want to do differently. So we, we're supporting each other to try and reach a common goal. But one of the things I just told one of our very young people that we just hired, you know, in your career, you will enter organizations where there will be um, potentially a lot of politics, a lot of, um, uh, I don't want to say issues because no one goes into a, a job looking for issues. But I think proverbially that some organizations will give you a coil of rope and some people would like to see who hangs first from that coil of rope. And I'm being very colloquial here. We like to think that we give each of our, our members of our team a coil of rope so that if they start to drown, they can tie it around their waist and we can pull them in. And that different, different way of, of treating a vision is core to our philosophy and how we move forward as a group. Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate, to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting clear about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. And now get us back to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like creating that support and safety structure, not willing to or waiting for that person to fail. And it's the same rope. So contextually, you know, what you do with it. And then going back to the, you know, the Uncle Ben quote, with great power comes great responsibility. You as a technologist, you know, it's your response to your ability and what you do with that. And then there is no try. Well, you know, you just have to take it and, and move forward. So uh, I think that's cool. Of course, there's lots of lessons to learn from Mr. Parker, Mr. Ben, and 
I don't know if it's Mr. Yoda, uh, Master Yoda, I suppose. Master Yoda. Uh, but very, very cool things, especially in an emerging space that is uncertain. So yeah. I guess looking at the future of, of all of this tech and looking at the future of your company and, and you're obviously you know bullish on, on what the future is, what part of the future is unknown to you? Like, what are you walking into and saying, you know what? I have no idea how this is. Oh, where are you boldly going? There, no one has gone before. before. There you go. There I you just go. came well, up with, I didn't even, that wasn't uh, even a setup. That was good. I won't ask you to beat me up. There okay, you go. Okay, deal. So, so I think where the unknowns are, are within where the regulations and governments want to go. And, and, there is no certainty that one government will follow the same path as another. And there is no certainty that one state or provincial government will follow a federal government. So let's talk about healthcare for a second. So in many countries, um, especially the two major North American countries, the um, healthcare and, and I believe it's education as well, are mandated by the states or provinces not by the federal government. So it's hard to have a, a federal uh, healthcare passport, digital passport, when each province or state is responsible for healthcare. So you have to look at where, where the information is coming from. Plus, private business generally moves faster than public business. So you've got to find out where those pieces are. And you've got to, you've got to find champions. So you've got to really try and find champions. We've been very fortunate, whether it's in our government relations or within our private company relations or our pseudo private public organizations, we have been able to show our true stripes and people have gravitated to helping us because one, we know how to ask for help. We're not afraid to ask for help. And, and two, we try our best to listen and learn from what the advice is. And that's that's also a challenge, which when I mentor young people, I don't look at at, at age. I, I look at the ability, can you listen and learn? Can we all listen and learn? And I mentor people who are much younger than I am, and I am a, a mentee of those people who are younger than I am. But the problem always is, which I think we all understand, is you can only compress the time wisdom equation so much. You know, some things are done by learning. and. Um, what I often say is, you know, a baby doe is born, gets up and knows right away if it doesn't stay by its mother and move when it needs to move, it's not going to live very long. And yet after, I don't know how many generations, you know, literally thousands and thousands of generations, we still have to teach a child that fire is hot. You know, so so I think it's there are challenges with the equation of learning and listening, but I think it's really important that any business finds champions regardless of the speed in which they move and try to alter their pace to meet some of the objectives that that others are following. Yeah, I really like that. I, there's a couple of cool pieces of wisdom that I that I took from that. One is, you know, as you go into that unknown future, really the the engaging with others because there's partners, there's other people playing in the space, and I don't think one can do it on the, your own, nor would it be wise to. And then at the same time, you know, as you go from an individual perspective, you know, there are leaders and there are followers, and even as an individual, you have to learn your lessons. But it goes back to that kind of roping example is that, you know, there's going to be some lessons that hurt and some lessons that help, but you sort of have to grow through those growing pains. 
And then the third kind of piece of that was just around the regulations in this technology space. And I think broadly speaking, you know, the, in the past two years, I've had a very rapid change in regulation that people had to snap and adapt to. I think as this technology starts to get into the tipping point, I think the adaptation and the implementation of that technology is going to uh, not depend on, but a prerequisite is going to be able to be around the regulations that go in place in these three, four, five, six, seven industries uh, on a macro level that people will need to learn how to play within. And that's a big unknown because you don't know how the regulators are going to set the rules. And so you got to be flexible, but also you know, you can help shape that. So I think there's a lot of, like all things, there's a lot of opportunities and at the same time challenges and the balance between the two creates the good stuff. Thoughts on that from where you sit? Yeah, well, uh, uh, two things. Um, so Lee Iacocca and Thomas Paine, I think said it, that you can lead, you can follow, you can get out of the way, right? And that was the, the you know, I think uh, Lee Iacocca rediscovered that for Chrysler. But I think the other thing that we're finding today is that technology moves faster than regulation. So I was very fortunate to um, get in front of the fintech working group for the SEC when they were discussing cryptocurrency and 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 was very um, uh, appreciative that someone was able to introduce us and listen to their point of view. And the challenge is, is the 1933-34 Act for securities didn't really contemplate cryptocurrency. <laughs> no. So, so it's a bit of Jenga, right? Uh, things just keep getting piled on. And if you want to go, you know, back to the mothership, it doesn't always work. So, so we're seeing things like, which just recently appeared, a discussion on mortgages for virtual real estate. Now, what regulations does that mean? Is it, is it the banking industry? Is it the crypto industry? Where, where does that fall? Now, technology is available to do that. You can do that type of, tech, of, of, of transaction either in, in the offline world or in crypto and using smart contracts. But does it regulatorily fit the framework of the, the banking acts? Like there's so many things where regulators cannot keep pace with the technology jump. And sometimes it's just throw your hands in the air and say, well, we'll do, you know, uh, ship until forbid, right? You know, until I get caught, I'm just going to do it. Or the other side is the regulators might take draconian action against things that are innovative and new because they don't fit a model or they're not understood. Yeah, I think it's and, you know, as you listen to some of that, you you might have had two like different thoughts on your head. You might have thought of this and say, oh, none of that applies to me, which just means you're going to be reactive to it, which is fine. Or you're like, oh, man, how do I like work around this? Which means you're proactive and you're in the space, regardless of where you sit. You are going to be impacted by these technologies and by these regulations. It's just a matter of how long it takes us for that to be commonplace. And I don't don't think that's very far along at all. Maybe not next year, but probably within the next five, I would say at a, at a bare minimum. So David, as we finish up here, any uh, kind of other words of wisdom you'd like to leave with our audience for them to consider, whether it's about digital identity or leadership or, you know, just communication or anything else you want to share? Anthony, this was really fulsome. I really appreciate it. Um, no, I don't. I, I think this was really great. And I, I had an opportunity to say a, a lot of things um, uh, that I've been thinking about. And you give me an outlet in which to communicate them. And I do appreciate that. 
Awesome. Well, a pleasure was mine. I'm excited. I'm sure if we got into depth into any of these issues, you'd have you know ample to say. But where can people learn more about your company and what you guys are up to as these changes uh, progress in the marketplace? Sure. So uh, liquidavatartechnologies.com. And um, I, I want to say I'm a regular contributor for Forbes.com. So I do write on some of these topics. So you can um, look me up on the Forbes Business Council as well. Excellent. I love that. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I think that we scratch the surface of what's possible. And I look forward to hearing more about how it goes because I think we're in for a ride over the next little while. And I look forward to uh, seeing your company as uh, at the forefront of all that. Well, thank you, Anthony. It's been a real pleasure. Folks, my guest today, David Lukacs, who is the CEO of Liquid Avatar Technologies. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you've got any technology questions for David, be sure to reach out. I'm very bullish on this space. I'm probably early, but David's definitely ahead of me, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. So thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, be sure to drop any comments if you like today's episode, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that'll help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it, it'll help your team think more strategically, and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's gonna give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95 and you can get instant access to all of the videos. Plus you can use the code podcast for $100 off. Course comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course, use the code podcast for $100 off. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.